Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Welcome back. For today's episode, we're going to talk about vulnerability and transparency in alternative relationships. We'll talk about communication, opening up to new partners, We'll share about baggage that we bring with us to our relationships. And we'll talk about how do we talk with our partners about our disability and our medical issues. I've written a piece about this in my blog. I called coming out about my disability. And I use the term coming out not only in referring to when I came out as bisexual and when I later came out as kinky, but also when I admit it to my sexual partners about my medical issues. Just like I hid the fact that I was bisexual for a long time and even tried to deny it to myself, I also tried to hide some of the more embarrassing parts of my disability. I'm your host, Angela Carr. My Sarah and I are about to celebrate our five-year anniversary next month. I'll describe how I went through the process of coming out about my disability, my mental health issues, and other issues that I brought with me to this relationship in this episode. I'll talk about positive traits I bring with me to a relationship. I think we often focus on negative traits, but it's important to recognize our positive traits as well, and how we really open up and become vulnerable and transparent with our partners. So first, we have to think about recognizing and admitting to ourselves what we bring to the table in a new relationship. What traits, habits, disabilities, medical histories, or history are we bringing with us? We have to come out of denial about it. We'll talk about some of the work we may need to do when we recognize our baggage, and then we'll move into transparency in relationships and coming out to our partners. We'll talk about how and when is the right time to discuss this with your partners, which often has to do with how long you're in a relationship. And then we'll talk about how much information you disclose about yourself and how that often depends on the type of relationship that you're in. So we're all adults by the time we come into the kink scene, right? We may have a disability, but we also probably have other traits that we also need to talk about. What are we bringing with us into our alternative relationships? Here are a few examples of things that we'll want to discuss with our partners. We have emotional baggage, we bring with us psychological diagnoses, 
medical issues, family issues, trauma, financial concerns, and past relationships. Now, emotional baggage could be things like guilt or shame or anger. Psychological, maybe you have depression, anxiety, or another diagnosis. Medical could be a disability or a chronic illness. When we think of family, we often think about having children or an ex-spouse, but this could also refer to siblings, or if you're like me and you live around the corner from your mother. Trauma could be from past abuse, witnessing abuse, Financial could be you have a mountain of credit card debt or the inability to get credit to buy a house. And then we have our past relationships. Relationships can include romantic partners, metamors, or even platonic friendships. Any of these things could create baggage which could affect your current relationship. And first we wanna be aware of what we're bringing with us to the relationship. Recognizing our traits, either positive or negative, requires some self-reflection. It's much easier to stay in denial and think, oh, my past doesn't affect me anymore. The traits that we bring with us don't necessarily need to be negative unless we're in denial and staying in denial causes problems that we're not aware of. This awareness that we get may lead us to do some work on ourselves. If we're aware of it, we can deal with it. Whether that be getting into therapy, going to support groups, or just being more assertive with our parents or our baby daddies. Some traits we have can be positive depending on how we use them. Having the desire to please is typically a positive trait, but it can be negative if we do this with everyone or if we do this with the wrong people. You also want to think about what are the positives you bring to a relationship. So for me, I am loyal and obedient. I have a desire to please and to be of service. Even in the vanilla world, I volunteer for things as much as I can. I am eager to learn. I enjoy going to meetings, reading, and learning new things about the lifestyle, as well as learning new skills. I may be limited in the types of service I can provide, but I am always looking to improve myself. One of the best ways to explore your strengths as a slave is to create a slave resume. This was my first DS dynamic, so if I had written a slave resume before Sarah and I got together, I would add that I've never been in an MS dynamic before. That isn't necessarily a negative thing. Sarah was happy with the fact that I was new as he could train me properly to his liking and I wasn't coming into the dynamic with any bad habits or preconceived notions of what MS should look like. Now I didn't know about slave resumes before I got into this dynamic, but I created my slave resume when I was already owned by Sir. I used it as a tool 
to help me see my positive traits and help me to improve upon them. Your morals and ethics could be on the positive list. I remember going to a mass meeting in the beginning of my relationship with my sir, and we talked about our morals and ethics in the meeting. And I hadn't really thought about it before, but I went home and I came up with a list of things that are important to me and morals and ethics that I would look for in a partner. My sir and I discussed our lists. I never would have done that in a vanilla relationship. That's part of what I love about this community. Being in community gives me a chance to think and analyze myself, my behavior, and what I want in a partner and a relationship. So for me, my personal baggage that I bring with me, I'm a widow. I am disabled. I have spina bifida. I come from a long polyamorous background, which includes friendships with some of my exes and metamors. I have an addictive personality for which I go to a lot of 12-step meetings, and I have a history of past abuse and trauma. This is what I bring with me as of right now. Sometimes we don't know that something may trigger up something from our past until it actually happens. Then we can look at it. So this list could continue to grow. If I get into a new relationship, I don't know what my partner is going to bring with them, right? If they have similar baggage, how is that going to work? If they have different baggage, how will that work? For example, if neither of us have credit, how are we going to plan to live together? So now let's move into transparency and coming out with your partners. Why is that important? I would say it's even more important in alternative relationships than in vanilla relationships. Remember that what we do in BDSM is dangerous. So we have to be aware of our baggage and our triggers for our emotional as well as our physical safety. How much do we disclose about our true selves to our partners? This is really going to depend on your relationship style. So much of our alternative relationships is based on the importance of communication. You'll hear communicate, communicate, communicate. I'm going to talk about three different styles of relationships today. These are the three I have the most experience with. We're going to talk about casual play partners or people we hook up with. We're going to talk about polyamorous relationships and dominant submissive relationships or power dynamics. So it also depends on how long we're in these relationships. So is this a brand new relationship or a long-term relationship? I told you my traits up front because this is a podcast, but if you were on a first date with me, you may not want me to list them all right up front for you. That may likely scare a new partner away. People are different when it comes to how soon they are willing to come out or be vulnerable in a relationship and how soon they're willing to listen to other people. When is it too soon? People feel differently about whether they want to hear all of your issues early on in the relationship or later on. I found in my alternative experiences 
people here tend to like to get into these things much quicker than in vanilla relationships. I don't feel like we have to spend as much time only showing our good side to people as we do in vanilla dating. At least that's been my experience. There's a common metaphor. Being vulnerable and transparent is like peeling the layers of an onion. So the longer you're in a relationship, the more you build trust and feel safe to open up. I recommend starting early in the relationship, but slowly as you open up to new partners. If you'd like more information about transparency and vulnerability, check out Brene Brown. You can watch her TED Talk on the power of vulnerability or read any of her books. I just finished Dare to Lead and it was an excellent resource. So I highly recommend checking out her work. Let's look at this in terms of our relationship styles. We'll start with casual play. So while a casual play partner doesn't need to know everything about you, they are going to need to know certain things to keep you safe. We want to think about safety and consent first. Here's where we have to use our words. You have to ask for what you need or want. If you're uncomfortable talking about sex or play, casual play may not be for you. We want to talk about our past experiences we've had with the type of play you're doing, such as whipping or fire play. Or is this the first time you're participating in this particular type of play? It's important for our partner to know that. So while a casual sex partner may not need to know as much about your medical issues as a long-term love interest, they are going to need to know certain things that are going to impact your sexual experience. They're going to need to know any issues that are going to affect your good time when you get naked with them, or issues that may affect them later on. Ethically, you should tell a casual partner if you have any STIs or sexually transmitted infections before getting intimate so they can make an informed decision if they want to have sex with you and what precautions may need to be taken. If you have any pain when you have sex, that is something important for a casual sexual partner to know. For example, if you're having penis and vagina or PIV sex, and you're experiencing pain, tell your partner. Don't try to wish it away. Don't start and think, well, they're enjoying it, so I won't say anything. That sexual experience you are sharing should be enjoyable for both of you, not just one of you. Plus, there are a number of other sexual positions you could try that might be more comfortable. There are also other sexual acts that the two of you could enjoy together. Anything from kissing, cuddling, mutual masturbation, oral sex, or a kink. Many people are interested in kink as it gives them an alternative to more traditional sex that may be uncomfortable. If you're interested in kink, and that could be anything from spanking to flogging, could be impact play or something else, 
but maybe you have certain areas of your body where you feel numb or have less sensation or maybe you have scars or other sensitive areas you need to tell your partner to avoid those areas communication before during and after a scene is very important we want to talk about any triggers you may be aware of any medical or mental health issues or any medications you may be on some medications have side effects that can impact play so you want to be aware of any potential side effects I also want to note that we can have long-term play partners as well a couple of years ago I had a partner that I participated in fire play with who had known me for years and I stayed with this partner one because I trusted them and what they did but two because they knew me so well they knew how to help me get up on the massage table they knew what areas of my body I didn't want them to touch things of that nature now how about when we get into a romantic relationship when is the right time to tell your partner about embarrassing medical issues unfortunately there isn't a clear cut and dry answer to this question but I hope I can give you some ideas and examples from my experience to help you in making these decisions I believe that how soon and how much you disclose about your health issues really depends on the nature of your relationship you can share more as your relationship progresses over time and you build trust with your partner establishing trust with a partner takes time when you first meet someone you're putting your best foot forward because you want to impress them you want them to see you at your best you wear nice clothes makeup your sexy lingerie over time what slowly starts to happen you get comfortable you start meeting up in t-shirts and jeans you forget about the makeup you slowly start acting more like your everyday self you start letting them see the real you as you start building a relationship with a long-term partner you get to know them more and more this is where you can start telling them more about your disability your medical issues or other issues this is where you can be more authentic you can start by telling your partners personal things gradually and see how they handle it if you share something with them if you peel off that first layer of that onion how are they responding are they keeping your personal information confidential are they being respectful about what you share with them if you share about your sexual history and they start slut shaming you then you know this partner is probably not the one for you are they being respectful of you and your disability do they keep your health information private or are they bragging about it to others do they ask appropriate questions and offer ways to help do they encourage you to be independent these are questions to ask yourself in this relationship to test the waters a bit and see if this person is a good match for you 
Now, depending on your health, you may or may not have the option to do this slowly, or you may have to tell a partner quicker than you'd like to, depending on your health. For me, this would be coming out about my spina bifida and all of the embarrassing symptoms that go along with that. Getting into a relationship, I had to figure out when it felt safe to tell my partner about wearing diapers and about self-cathing. If you're entering the relationship stage, think about what type of relationship do you want? What type of relationship does your partner want? Do you want similar things or do you want a monogamous relationship but your partner wants a poly relationship? What type of relationships have you had in the past? For me, I was coming from a polyamorous relationship and my partner was coming from a monogamous DS background. So we had to figure out how we were going to make our relationship work. Were your past relationships successful? And if not, why not? Here, it's really important to examine your own behavior in your past relationships. We can't change anyone else. We can only change our own behavior going forward and learn from the mistakes in our past. So if you're entering into a poly relationship, here are some things you want to think about. Is this your first polydynamic. You can also think about how have you dealt with jealousy in the past in your relationships. Just because you get jealous doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be in a polyamorous relationship, but you have to be willing to explore and discuss these feelings with your partner. What is your communication style? Do you prefer talking things out immediately or do you prefer to take some time to yourself? To take a walk or write in a journal? Do you prefer emailing or texting? So for me, if I'm in a polyamorous dynamic and I'm feeling jealous, I first have to do some self-reflection on that and figure out where this jealousy is coming from. As Ali Fallon had talked about when we had the polyamory episode. Where is that feeling of jealousy coming from? Is there something I feel I'm missing out on? Do I feel like I'm not good enough? I have to do the work to figure that out. And then I need to communicate that to my partner. The way I often do that self-reflection is by journaling. Journaling helps me figure out my own feelings so that I can understand them before I share them with my partner. For a power exchange dynamic, I'm speaking from my own point of view in the submissive role here. You may want to think about what is your experience with authority figures? What are your experiences with discipline? And how do you define discipline? For me, because I had some past abuse, I don't accept any physical punishment or not even what some may call punishment in my relationships. That doesn't work for me. I define discipline simply as structure. I see punishment as a consequence of your actions, but that doesn't mean it needs to be a physical consequence. 
Remember I said we don't always know that we'll be triggered in a situation until it actually happens? Here's an example of when that happened to me with punishment. Early on in my DS relationship, my sir had asked me to do something repeatedly, and I continually wouldn't do it. So he used a physical punishment. Now, I have enjoyed being hit for fun with these same implements he used, but as a punishment, it had a whole different feel to it. There was no way he could have known it ahead of time, but I was triggered because of my past abuse. So I talked with him right away about it, and from then on, he had to figure out some creative consequences for my behavior. And here's one of the ways that he did that. I always had this issue with losing my keys. My sir trained me to put my keys on a hook when I came home. He would spend a few weeks just reminding me to put my keys on the hook. That didn't work. Then, as he would tuck me into bed, which was a ritual of ours, he would say, where are your keys? If my keys were not on the hook, I had to get out of bed, go find them, and put them on the hook. Now, if I had had no consequence to not following this rule, I likely wouldn't have learned to do this. But after three nights in a row of having to get out of bed to find my keys, it stuck in my head, and I remembered to put them up on the hook when I came home in the evening. Consequence or punishment worked without traumatizing me with a physical punishment. So my sir and I are now in a 24-7 total power exchange dynamic. We didn't start off as a 24-7 couple. It didn't happen overnight. Before I became his submissive, he had to learn about me in a much deeper way than past partners have in relationships. I was given written assignments where I shared my thoughts, my feelings, all of my baggage, my past traumas, and my triggers. He wanted to get to know me early on and had this structured way to do so. In order to own me, he first had to understand me. You also want to think about how do you handle conflict in a relationship. And really, that will help you in any type of relationship you have. I've learned much healthier ways to handle conflict in my current DS dynamic. We have protocols in place for when we have a disagreement. These protocols help take the emotion out of it. Our protocols help us to iron out our differences in a way that makes me feel safe. We're not yelling and screaming out of pure emotion where I feel unsafe. So in my dynamic, I'm obedient to my sir. This includes the need to be vulnerable and transparent about how I'm feeling and what's going on in my mind. Sometimes even if I try to hide how I'm feeling, he knows me so well he can tell something is wrong. So I don't hold things back anymore. And you want to think about, does your role make a difference for you? Is it just as important for a dominant to be transparent about their issues as it is for the submissive? 
For me personally, it would be just as important. If I'm going to be open and vulnerable with them, I want them to do the same with me. Other people may feel differently about that. I just want to share a couple last thoughts with you. One of the things that attracted me most to alternative relationships, being poly, kink, or power exchange, was the amount of self-reflection and the level of communication and transparency I found I need to have in order to be successful in these relationships. Being vulnerable, claiming all my baggage to my partners, coming out about all my medical issues, emotional, psychological issues, not only helps me to have more fulfilling relationships, but it helps me to improve myself in general. The more layers of that onion I can shed with my partner, the deeper I get to understand myself and work on improving myself. The more I work on myself, the better I can communicate that and the better my relationship becomes. It's been a healthy cycle of learning and growing. At the end of every episode, I'll be posting a question for you to consider. Today's question is, how soon is too soon for you to be willing to listen to your partner's issues, whether that be medical, mental health, trauma, triggers, past relationships, or something else? Think about being on the receiving end. How do you respond if a partner is open, vulnerable, and authentic and shares their true selves with you? I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Go to desirability.com. That's D-I-S-I-R ability.com and share your thoughts with me. That's all for today. Thank you for joining me. Stay well. Desirability Alt was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at desirability.com or on any social media at desirability. That's D-I-S-I-R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.